This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. We're in week two of a series that we've entitled, I Promise. Everybody say, I Promise. Yeah, it's called I Promise. We're looking over just a few of the promises of God. And man, how can we take those into our life and apply those? And man, how can we see God in a new, fresh cool kind of way. And so it's been great. Last week, we talked about the promise of security. And this week, we're back with another one. And I want to switch things up. I want to go straight to our verses for today. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Proverbs. It's somewhere in the middle of your Bible. But if you don't have a Bible, it's all good. It's going to come up on the screens. If you're online with us, it's right there as well. I want to go to a popular passage of Scripture. Many of us, even when I said Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right now, you know the verse. You can quote the verse. You heard it or you've seen it somewhere, and this is awesome. So I just got two verses for you, and then I'm going to preach for like three hours, and then we'll leave. (laughs) I'm so just kidding. All right, here it is. The Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let's read one more time for good measure. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, how many of your ways? In all of them. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Three times for emphasis. Here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, Acknowledge him. And some translations say, submit to him, and he shall direct your paths, or he will make straight your paths, some translations say. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Family, I got to tell you this. On my phone, I have a GPS navigation application um, that, that leads me where I need to go, and it's called Waze, everybody. This is what I use. This is on my phone, and I don't know if there's any other Wazers out there. Wazers out there. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. You can miss me with Apple Maps and Google Maps. Waze is my gem. Let me tell you, I love its functionality. Man, when I plug it into my car, I love how it shows up on Apple CarPlay. It looks clean. It looks good. I love getting the, the little reminders. Red light. Camera reported ahead. I love that. Then I get to decide, okay, am I going to slide through this yellow light or am I going to hold back? I love Waze. I love Waze as well because it gives you that little notification that says, warning, police reported ahead. And I love that. Not because I'm trying to dodge the popo. I'm just saying, I just, I just kind of need to know. <laughs> like, and they added this function. I don't know if you know, and I, this is not a paid program or paid sponsorship, although it could be, but it's not. I love how they added like this little function where you can, you can it's like in parentheses, if you see the uh, police is out there and they're scanning and, and, and you see that they're kind of hidden, you can put that they're hidden. And so people like me, when I'm driving, I can see like, okay, there's a police report ahead and they're hidden. So I just, I love it. I, friends, am a ways disciple. That's what I would say. I love Jesus, but I follow in the way of ways. This is, this is good. Ways, here's what it does. It provides solid directions for me. My dad was, uh, he's now retired from law enforcement and, and served 30 years in law enforcement. And I just remember growing up, so many people would ask my dad for directions because he had a solid knowledge of, of our city and the surrounding cities and, and really a general knowledge of our whole state. And so there'd be times people would ask him and he'd give solid directions. Man, there'd be times where I would even 
I'd even say, hey, Dad, how do I get to this place? And then he'd say, okay, well, where are you right now? And so I'd tell him where I am. He'd say, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to go out to that main road that you're right next to and then go westbound, go down a quarter mile, McDonald's is on the right, take a left, and that's where you need to go. And it, it was crazy to me. And I was like, westbound, northbound? I don't know if you're like me, but I'm just, I'm like, all right, Dad, just tell me straight up. But, but my dad was awesome at providing solid direction, and he still is to this day. But here's the problem, and here's what I found out. The problem with Waze is it can't give me directions for life. And I wish it did. Man, I wish it would say, turn here and do this and don't do that. I wish it did, but, but it doesn't. And I love my dad, awesome dad, and, and I have a great relationship with him. Matter of fact, he'll be here later today. And I love my dad, but the problem is my dad is just a human, so he doesn't know everything. And so there are things that are certainly out of his reach. And maybe for you, you have people that you go to for direction, that you go to to get guidance and advice. And, and I think absolutely you should have those people. The problem is that at some point, we all need divine directions. At some point, human knowledge runs out and we need to go to somebody higher, somebody bigger and better, more smarter, more smarter, it doesn't matter, you know what I was trying to say. <laughs> we need to go to somebody else who just has all the answers. And so today, just for the next few minutes, I wanna talk to you about the promise of direction. See, all of us, here's what I know, whether we're believers or not, or just because we're people, here's what I know about all of us is that, man, all of us are seeking direction for our life. I believe this. I believe that we all have a preferred destination for our life, ah, but it's the, it's the directions getting there that can be unclear. And all of us, we want clarity. Everyone say clarity. Wouldn't our world be so much better if we all had, yeah, you got it, if we all had clarity. I want clarity, and I know you do. And if you've ever been in a situation where there's not been clarity, there's been a lack of clarity, it's, it's, a, it's not fun. It's like not a, not a good place to be. But all of us, we face circumstances and situations in our life where we need direction that can really only come from God. This shows up in our life with questions like, man, like, should I date this person or should I not date this person? Should I marry this person at this time or should I not? I got a family to provide for, so do I pick a job that pays me a little bit more money, or should I just pick my own happiness, my own sanity? What, what do I do with this? In just a few weeks, college is going to come back, and the number one question across all freshmen in America is going to be, what major should I choose? Which direction do I go? All the sophomores, juniors, and seniors are going to be wondering, hey, should I change my major? What should I do? These questions and so many more push us to a place, because life has that way of pushing us to this place where we need directions that really can only come from God. And I think here's the, the hope, the hope for us today is that, that I believe that God offers us the promise of direction. Amen. I think that God, uh, he's in heaven. I don't believe that he's looking down at us and he wants us to, to fail or struggle or he doesn't want us to live a direction, directionless life. He wants to give us direction so I want to explore this today because I think there's some power in this, that God offers us the promise of direction. So we land in the book of Proverbs. Give you a little bit of context here. The book of Proverbs is what in the Bible is, it's in a collection of books that's called wisdom literature. So the word wisdom or wise shows up about, they say, one scholar said about 125 times all throughout the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters, and so if you start today, in a whole month, you can have it knocked out. And, and really what a, a proverb is, it's a succinct, persuasive saying that is true by, by, by virtue of, uh, of experience. 
And a lot of these are credited and compiled together from different writers. And Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, gets a lot of credit for that. So we land there today. And you need to know this. When you're reading the book of Proverbs, it's meant to be read slowly, contemplatively, three times for emphasis as we did today. That's how you get really what, what, what's going on. And the goal when you're reading a proverb, just so you know, when you read tomorrow or maybe the next day, maybe even today you read a, a proverb later on, the goal is that you look for like the, the underlying statement in that proverb. And we read one today, and I want to unpack it today. I think there's some things we can extrapolate to, to help us so that when we leave here, we leave knowing, holding on to the promise that God offers us of directions. Are you ready? All right, here it is. Here's the first one for your notes. He says this, Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want you to see this first word. Hold this for me. I love this. This first word, I highlighted it because to trust something means to really like lean your full weight on something. You're doing that right now by how you're sitting in your chair. You're letting your full weight be on the chair. I don't see anybody that's like, I don't know, is this going to hold me? No, everybody is comfortable seated in your chair. Tonight, when you go to bed, you're going to put your full weight on your bed. Even if you are sleeping on an air mattress, everybody, you'll put your full weight on it. Hopefully tomorrow morning you don't end up on the ground, but, but you're going to put your full weight on. That's what this indicates. It's like we are to, to put our full weight, watch this, in the Lord. That's where it should be. It should be our full weight, our full trust should be in the Lord. There's a promise coming, but there's like a threefold premise. And the first is this, that we're to trust in the Lord. The object of your trust and of your faith is so important. Everybody can have trust. Everybody can have belief and faith and all of that, but it doesn't matter if it's in the wrong thing. Are you hearing me? Solomon would say this, that it should be in the Lord. With how much of your heart? All your heart. This week I did a deep dive into the Hebrew language to figure out, man, this this word all, what does it mean? And it means all, everybody. It doesn't matter what language, it doesn't matter what time in history, it means all. So Solomon would say this, listen, there's a promise coming of direction, but first, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. It's good to trust God with your mind, but he says here to trust him with your heart. Why? Because your heart is that central hub of who we are. When you get somebody's heart, you get the real person who they are. Sometimes here's what it is. Sometimes like we see people making dumb decisions and, and doing dumb things and going into a dumb direction of their life. What we would say that sometimes we feel like, what are they doing? Because something or someone has their heart. He says, the trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You flip the page, Proverbs 4, 23. He says this, above all else, guard your, guard your heart. Because everything that you do comes from it. So it's so important that we trust the Lord with all of our heart. So here it is for your notes, two words, trust God. Oh, it's simple to say, but it's, it's hard to live out. Trust God. There's a promise of direction, but first Solomon would say this. Here's the first premise that you got to trust the Lord with all of your heart. Trust God. Now this begs the question, why don't we trust him? Because it's easy to say, right? I can stand up here and say that, but it's hard to live out. It's hard to just put my full weight in God. And, And I think there's so many reasons, but just two that come to my mind. Number one is fear. We don't trust God because we fear. And in our minds, we play this what-if game. What if I fully trust God? What if I fully put my full weight in him? Is everything going to work out? Will the result be what I hope, what I anticipate, what I wish it would be? 
How's everything going to be on the other side? We go through all of these things. And then we end up at a place where we say, you know what? It's just better off not to trust them. I'll just hold this right here for myself. Here's the second one. It's past experiences. Why don't we trust God? It's because past experiences. Listen to me. Sometimes people hurt us. People mar us. People toy with us. People backstab us. It's just sometimes a cool, cold world that we live in. And oftentimes what we do is we let other people's stuff reflect on the character of God. And sometimes we fail to trust people, and so we automatically attribute that to our Heavenly Father. And we say, well, if I can't trust this person, or maybe you've been to a church, you're like, man, that church hurt me. That church did me dirty. That church destroyed my family, whatever it may be. And sometimes we take all of that, and then we let that reflect on, 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 on God's character, on who God is. I just want to say this to you. Catch this this morning. Never let the mistakes of people stain the majesty of God's character. Never let the mistakes of people Stain the majesty of God's character. Psalm 8 says, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. It begins and closes with that. In other words, there's emphasis there. Oh, Lord, how majestic. God's character is majestic. It's awesome. It's great. He is for us. He is with us. He loves us. But oftentimes we don't trust God because somebody else did us wrong. And it had nothing to do with God, but we just say, well, it's your fault, God. I wonder if you've ever been there. But here's the thing, though, who you trust shows up in your life. We can find out who you trust or what you trust by asking this question, who or what do we go to first? When you need direction, when you need guidance, some of us today are sitting here and we need direction. When we need those things, ah, man, we know who we trust because who do you go to first? I think you should have people in your life that you can go to, absolutely, friends and pastors and leaders and all of those things. I think that absolutely you should have those people in your life, but I just don't think they should come first. And how often do all of us go to somebody else? When I need direction, when I'm facing a fork in life's road, then I figure out, okay, uh, let me call my mom or let me call my pastor or let me call somebody I trust. That's awesome and that's great, but are they first in your life? Because who we trust, it comes out. When we have to answer this question openly and honestly, who or what do we trust first? So in our life, here's the first premise, that we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. That means you have to trust. Here's the next blank. You have to trust when it's hard. Man, you got to trust when it's hard. And hear me today. I have, I have love for you this morning, and I prayed for you this morning. And some of us sitting here are going through hard stuff Stuff that we're just saying, God, I don't know what to do with it. This is a hard situation. Some of us are going through that. If we spent time together today, you'd say, man, like this is what I'm going through, and it's it's hard. Some of us, when we leave, when we open these exterior doors to leave, we're going back to a hard situation or a hard area of our life that we need direction. But it is then where we still have to trust the Lord. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying this is what he's saying. We have to trust when it's unknown. We have to trust God when it's unknown. Listen, there are things in our life that that we just don't have the answers to. We don't know what's on the other side. We can't predict 100% the outcome. But it's even in these moments we have to trust the Lord with all of our heart. 
We have to trust them when it's hurting. Some of us today, you came in, and maybe nobody on your whole row knows what you're really struggling with, what you're really dealing with, what you're really fighting or facing because it hurts. Some of us, we walked in with a smile on our face, and we greeted someone, and we gave someone a hug, but on the inside, we are bleeding out. We barely made it here today. Let me encourage you. Psalm 37 says, 34, 18 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So if that is you today, the Lord is close to you. We said it last week, but the Lord is with you. But even in these moments, we are to trust the Lord with all of our heart. Then we got to trust him when it's lonely. We all get lonely a little bit sometimes. And I've heard uh, as a youth pastor now for many years, like I can't tell you how many times students have come to me and said, Pastor Isaiah, I feel so lonely. And they go to a middle school of 500 kids, 700 kids, 1,000 kids, a high school or go to a high school of 2,000 kids, and they still feel lonely. In this hyper-connected world, it is possible to still feel lonely. I'm just trying to tell you, it's not just students. There are those of us here in this room, you feel like nobody sees you. You feel alone on the journey of life, seeking direction. But even then, it is where, it's there where we have to trust the Lord with all of our heart. That's the first fold of, of the premise before the promise. But the second one is this. We're to lean not on our own understanding. So lean not on your own understanding. Solomon's not saying here that, that you are less than or you are inadequate because you need direction. He's not saying that, that, that you have no understanding, that you have no intelligence, that you have no wisdom. He's not saying that at all. He's just saying you can't lean on what you think you know. Because all of us in our minds, we think we know a little something. And maybe we do know a little something, but that thing is just a little something. And he says, first, trust the Lord with all of your heart, but now don't lean on what you think that you know. So then this begs the question, that why can't I lean on my own understanding? What's wrong with my own understanding? This is the question that I ask, but here's a couple of the answers. Here it is for your notes. First of all, my perspective is off. I can't lean to what I think I know because my perspective is off. Now, hear me out. I love sports. Anybody love sports in here? Anybody? Okay. Yeah, just a few of us. I'm excited because you, don't, you guys don't understand. You don't get it. Like, August and September are going to usher in football, college football. Come on. Everyone that doesn't like sports is like, I'm out of here. But just stay with me. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> but I love, I love football, college football, and the NFL. I'm excited. Like, I'm just, I saved my pennies to buy the NFL Sunday ticket because I can't wa- wait to watch my Cleveland Browns. Keep clapping. Keep... She's a Steelers fan, everybody. She's a, just, we're enemies. All right, anyway. But I can't wait. The best thing about football season coming up for me is that it ushers in the winter, which is basketball season, and I love the NBA, and I'm pumped about it. But nevertheless, it always, it will never fail. Every time I'm watching a game or I'm watching, you know, it doesn't matter if it's college football, the NFL, NBA, I have a different perspective than those on the field playing the game. And obviously now with modern day uh, technology and cameras and all those types of things, like it never fails. I'm going to see something that the players don't see. The only reason why is perspective. Because I'm seeing from a different perspective. It's hard to see things 
when you're like in the mix of it, right? Like when you're so close to something, sometimes it's hard to see. And so this is why in sports there's coordinators and coaches that sit up way high and they look down and they, they can relay, hey, this is what we're seeing. This is what the other team is doing. And so much in a greater, deeper, higher way, it is with God. We can't lean on our own understanding because our perspective is off. We're in the thick of life. We're in the midst of life. And so it's hard to see sometimes what's actually going on. This is where we have to rely on the Lord because he sees from a perspective that we don't have, right? Isaiah 66, God says this, that, that heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. So he sees from a way different perspective. So I can't lean on what I think I know. Here's the second blank for you in your notes that, that man, we get things wrong. Why can't I, what's wrong with my understanding? We're human. We're prone to make mistakes, so I can't lean on that because I just may get things wrong. I got a little pride about myself and I don't want to admit that I'm wrong, but there are times absolutely where I'm just, I'm just wrong. And there's no two ways about it. And so it is with all of us. We can't lean on what we think we know because what we think we know might be wrong. Somebody once said that you could be sincere, but sincerely wrong. <laughs> that is how it is with, with life as it goes. As we're facing, as we're needing direction, facing the fork in the road of life, we're searching for direction. We can't lean on what we think we know because we might just be wrong in what we know. Here's the next one. There's a difference between my understanding and God's understanding. He says, lean not onto your own understanding. He didn't say that you don't have any. He just said you can't lean on it because there's a big difference between what you understand and what God understands. Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or your ways my ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So God is on a whole nother level. You can't lean on what you think you know. Matter of fact, let me say it like this. Our understanding is a shaky thing to lean on. That's in your notes. Our understanding is a shaky thing to lean on. Your life is too valuable to lean on what you think you know because we don't know everything. Our understanding, it's a shaky thing to lean on. I think this, I think that a mark of a growing person, a mature person, somebody who's, who's advancing, is they are keenly aware of how much they don't know. I know that I'm progressing in life. I know I'm getting just a little bit smarter, just a little bit wiser when I understand how much I don't know. This is one of the premises before we get to the promise. Here's the next premise. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. The him here is God. The him here is in all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord. And I love this word here because it's, man, it takes on this meaning of like to, to know God in all of our ways, to, to know him and in these decisions of life, to know him when I need direction and like to, to really get to know him. In other words, that, that I'm bringing him all of my, my stuff. I'm bringing him my desires and my wants and, and the things that I hope to be. I'm bringing him, I'm knowing him. And, and some translations here say that, that we submit to him. 
So in other words, I'm bringing all of this to him, and I'm, I'm submitting, the, submitting it to him. I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes it's like I make up my own plan, and then on the back end I ask God, hey, would you bless my plan? Like, if you could, that would be, I made up, I got it, like, I'm, I'm good. I just need you to bless it. But when I look at that in light of Scripture, it's wrong. But in everything that I do, I should, I should acknowledge him. We have some phenomenal lead pastors, absolutely incredible lead pastors. Let me try that again. We have some phenomenal lead pastors. That's your cue. Yeah, that's your cue. Just check it. When you spend time with them and you get to know them, we honor you and we love you guys. And when you get to know them, you know that one of their values that they live by day in, day out is honor. And that speaks so highly. It's not just in their life. I believe that it's, it's, it's found its way and it's bled its way by intentionality into the, the life of our staff. Each one of our staff members, we try really hard to honor everybody. Doesn't mean that we're perfect. Doesn't mean that we always get it right. But we really try to honor people. And I think that it's bled from their lives into our staff culture and then into this church. Again, I'm not saying that we're the perfect church. Although we are. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm not saying we're the perfect church. But we really try hard. To, to, it's okay, guys. You can laugh. But we really try to honor people here at our church. That's, that's a value for us, that we honor people. And I say that to say that it's a big deal. I've heard our pastor say that many times, both in private and in public, that honor is a big deal. It's biblical, but it's a huge deal. And when I think about this verse, in all your ways, acknowledge him. It makes me think that when we acknowledge God in all our ways, we honor him. And it's a big deal. It's not, it's not that when I'm inviting him into my life that I'm just doing it to check a box or I'm simply just doing it because I think that it's right or somebody told me that it's right or somebody said, hey, yeah, you should do this to get. No, like when we do this, we are honoring God. And you know this if you're already a believer, if you know this if you're already striving to, to live out this, this walk with Christ, that honor is a big deal in God's kingdom. And this is one of the ways that we honor him. When we invite him into our jobs, when we invite, invite him into our business, when we invite him into our personal lives, when we invite him into every area that we need direction, we honor him. There's nothing that's too big or too small that God doesn't want to be around in your life. He wants to be involved in all of your life. I love this Psalm 37 from the NLT. It says it this way, the Lord directs it's the promise of direction. He directs the steps of the godly, and he delights in every detail of their life. So don't walk around life thinking, that, oh, God doesn't care about this, or this is too small for God. This is too minute. Man, he's got bigger fists. Than... No, he delights in every detail of their life. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. And I love that. Solomon's penning these words, and he's saying, here's the premise before the promise. The promise is that God's going to direct us, but first, man, you've got to trust him with all that you got, your whole heart. Don't lean on what you think you know. In everything that you do, acknowledge or submit to him. Bring it to him. Bring it under his rule and his authority, and then we arrive to the promise. He says this, he shall direct your I love that. He says this, that he, shall, when we do our part, church, God does his part. When we do what we can do, God does what only he can do. And when we do that, 
Then he says, oh, he will direct your path. God is really good at doing what only he can do. I can't do what he can do. This is why I need him. This is why I need faith in my life. I need to trust. I need that faith in my life. Sometimes it's, it, it, when facing the directions of life and when I need direction, it's hard. And, and I know we can't see everything and, and all of that, but we need it. One scholar said this, that, that faith is for this life. Sight is for the next life. Here, you're not going to see everything. Later on, you might. But right now, man, we need to have faith in him. And the promise is he will direct your path. How will he do this? That's a great question. Oftentimes, it's this. Watch this. Step by step. Oftentimes, God doesn't show us the end. In fact, most times he doesn't show us the end. He doesn't show us the destination, but he shows you the step by step. Why does he do that? Because the journey is always more important than the destination. Say that again. With God, the journey is always more important than the destination. Who you're becoming in the process, what you're learning from him. So so the challenge for us is, okay, God, as I need direction in this area or this number of areas in my life, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to craft out of me? What are you trying to do along this journey? I'll get to the destination, but what's more important than the destination is the journey that I'm on right now. This is what... He's saying just to the, through these two verses, the promise is he will direct you. He will. Ah, we got to do some things. we got to do our part. And I love this. All across Scripture we see this. I just pulled these two verses, but we could go all day and talk about the ways that God has provided direction to his people. And he's still doing that today. But today I just wanted to encourage you. He will direct your paths. And I love that about God. So let's talk real practical in just a few closing minutes together. How does, he, how does he guide us? How does he direct us? And I want to give you these because I think these are important for you. You can jot these down. You can take a picture of the screen. But number one, I think he, he talks to us through his word. He guides us. He directs us through his word. The Bible that we have is a written resume of all of God's works and his acts, his statutes, his purposes, his plans, all of that. And he directs us through his word. It's here that I might add, this is why we need a a daily time with him. Because as I'm in his word day after day after day, and as I'm journeying with him step by step, he will speak through his word. There's seemingly words that like jump off the pages sometimes at me. Because when I'm reading his word, it's like sometimes God just, I don't know, it's like he knows me and he knows what I need. I don't know. But he does this. And when he does this, it's incredible. It's through his word. Pastor Isaiah, how, how can I be directed by God? Through his Holy Spirit. That's the next one, through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, our pastor has taught us before. But if you need a good reminder, maybe you weren't here, the Holy Spirit is God in us. When we, that, that moment we accept Jesus into our life to lead us and to guide us and to direct us, the Holy Spirit is there in that moment, and he takes over if we let him. <laughs> He'll take over, but you got to let him. Then he leads us, and he'll speak to us. And and in what way will I hear his audible voice? Maybe. I never have, but maybe you will. But he does lead and guide through the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me today? These are some of the ways that he does it. He also does it through prayer. He also does it through prayer. This is amazing. When I have communication, it's like when I have communication with God, it's like everything seems to go better. So many of us. Sometimes we go a long time without praying to God, without having that communication with him. Can I encourage you to start today? 
You walk out of here, you're facing something that you need direction for, pray. Through prayer, God will reveal things. God might show you something different through prayer, but it takes that. It takes that each and every day, that, that conversation. I tell our students all the time, when you pray, have an honest conversation with God. And he knows. Oh, man, if you have time to talk, he has time to listen. And if you have time to listen, he has time to talk. How do I get his guidance in my life? How do I get his direct? Man, I pray. Here's the next one, through godly people. It's through godly people. You'll see this all throughout Scripture. God uses people. And you don't have to be perfect. Let me tell you, God uses broken people as well. But God uses godly people. I said it earlier, but, but man, like you, do, you don't need like somebody, like uh, you don't need all the people in the world. You just need somebody to talk to sometimes. And you need leaders and pastors and people like that. And that's awesome. You need all of that. And God does speak through that. Now, that can't be the first thing that you go to, or it shouldn't be. It should be him first, but absolutely, he will use people to come along your way and to lift you up, to encourage you, to give you a good push in life, to give you some direction, and maybe help you see an angle that you never saw before, and that's, that's awesome. So he does use that. So you need to have people in your life, but those people sometimes will fail you. Sometimes their wisdom will run out. You'll need God's direction, but he absolutely uses godly people. Who do you have in your corner. This fall, we'll have access groups. This is why these are important. You need other people around you that see the real you, not the made up. No, the real you. You guys like how I did that? All right. But you need people in your life like that. That's just how, it, how this thing, we are never created to do this life alone. How will God direct me? Through godly people. And here it is, the last one, through the circumstances of life. So once I, I prayed and I've I've read his word, and I try to get what it says, and I've prayed. i got good people around me, all of these things. The Holy Spirit's leading and guiding me and directing me, but sometimes it's just through the circumstances of life. I shared this a while back, but, but it was prayed over me a long time ago that God would just use life to just speak to me, and, and that just always has stuck with me, and, and it's been in times that I've needed direction that I've just said, okay, God, like, I've prayed, and I've done all of that. I've done the best that I could do, but, but man, like, now just speak to me through normal life, and he has. And it looks different maybe for each and every one of us. And some of us, we're, we're facing a decision. And, and once we've done this, God leads us in such a way that we go back to that same situation. And he's already worked it out. And that's amazing when that happens. But he absolutely speaks through the circumstances of life. Check this out. How does God direct me? A lot of times it's, it's through a combination of a few. Sometimes it's not just one thing. Okay, I prayed, Pastor Isaiah. Now where's my answer? Sometimes it's through a combination of all of these things. Are you getting this this morning? There is a promise of direction, but we must trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to what we think we know, our own understanding. And everything that we do, we submit to him, we know him, we acknowledge him, and then he will direct our paths. I heard it said one time that he's a good shepherd. I think it was Psalm 23, that he leads us and he guides us and then he walks with us. And even though when I'm facing the valley, the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for he's with me. He's with you, everybody. This is the promise. The direction comes to us after the premise. Keys can help me today. I tried to play keys, but I can't. 
I want to give us some action steps as we close out today, some practical handles, and we walk out of here, we can apply to our life. I got three of them for you today, and if you're like, man, I'm in a spot, I needed this today, I need direction in my life, I'm going to give you the one, two, three. Number one, do your part. Here it is, do your part. Trust in the Lord. Lean not to what you think you know. Acknowledge him. That's your part. I said earlier, we got to do our part, everybody. Everyone say, I got to do my part. Come on, say, I got to do my part. We got to do our part. All of us, we got to do our part. God does his part. We got to do our part. This is a promise. So do your part. Number two, here's the number two. Watch him fulfill his promise of direction. So here's what this looks like. I do my part. I do the best that I can do. I work as it depends on, as if it depends on me. I pray like it depends on God. I do my part. But then I stand back in expectation and anticipation at what God would do. This is where our faith kicks in. Because you may not know how he's going to lead you, how he's going to direct me. But this is where my faith kicks in because I step back. I say, okay, God, you take center stage. You take all that I am. You take this decision that I need in my life. I'm stepping back to watch you do what only you can do. And then here it is, three, follow his leading. Follow his leading. Follow the leader wherever he may go. But Isaiah, it seems like he's taking me to the wilderness. Well, you, I'll see you in the wilderness. <laughs> it seems like he's walking me into more trouble. He's, if he's with you, you're all right, so keep going. <laughs> seems like he's walking me to the biggest ocean of my life I've ever seen. He'll teach you how to swim. You follow his leading wherever you go. Wherever he goes, that's where you go. We follow after him. Jesus did that, you know. Took him to the cross. God's direction and plan took him right to the cross. But where would we be without the cross? Where would we be without his blood? I'm not saying that God will direct you to the easiest and the safest and the smoothest route. I'm just saying that route's going to be where he wants you. And it will get you to his destination for your life. All over this room, let's pray. I hope you take this today. Man, I hope this stirs your faith a little bit first want to pray over us that God would show up in an awesome way. The areas that you need direction, God would show up in an awesome way, just like he does this week. Then here's what I'm going to pray. After that, I'm going to feel like, man, I'm, I don't even have the first step down. I don't even, man, I, I need to, to start or restart a relationship with Jesus. In a moment, we'll pray for you. But God, we come before you today asking for your divine direction in our life. We know you'll do your part, but let us do our part. Let us trust you with all of our heart. Lean not to what we think we know, but in everything, submit to you, acknowledge you, know you. And then we'll look out for how you will direct our paths. Help us in that this week. For the person that really needs direction, the person that's facing a decision that could take their life one of two or three ways, be with them this week, I pray. I know you'll be with us. Let them feel that this week as we do our part. We stand in anticipation of what you'll do, and we'll follow you wherever you go.